Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is the Frey Podcast, brought to you by thefrey.com, a place for women who want more from life. This is what I want. This is what I need. If you don't have to go, I can set you free. Today's podcast episode is a conversation with Tamika Wilder. Now, Tamika is Australia's leading sexologist for mums in particular, and she has a massive passion for helping people transform their sex lives. So in our conversation today, we are speaking specifically about satisfaction and communication in the bedroom. We talk about why and how common it is for people to begin to feel like their sex life is so much more of a chore and to disconnect from pleasure. We talk about faking it and what that can actually mean ends up happening. We talk about ways that you can speak up and get what it is that you want when it comes to having a fulfilling and fun sex life. Tamika Wilder is the author of the book Wild Honey and the founder of The Orgasmic Mama. Make sure you stick around because after my conversation with Tamika, I'm also going to share with you exactly what you can expect in part two of my conversation with Tamika and a very special offer as well. Let's get into my chat with Tamika Wilder. Tamika, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to have this conversation with me. I've been really looking forward to it. Me too. You're so welcome. This is one of my favorite things to do. Yes, thankfully. Yeah. Well, as I was saying to you before we hit record, just yesterday over on Instagram stories, I put up a little question box and I invited people to share with me anonymously, mm. what is one word that they would use to describe their current sex life? And I kid you not, when I say the responses were probably like 70% chore or Mm. boring or Mm. task. Um, There were a few like deceased, non-existent. The ones that came through that were positive were rare. Like they caught my eye because I was like, oh, that's an abnormality here. Is that something that you're dealing with a lot in terms of having women come to you and say, hey, Tamika, my sex life is so boring. Yes, a lot, Kylie. I feel that <clears throat> there's a couple of couple of things here. And there are a whole bunch of women that come to me to access the work, to reinvigorate their sexuality, their confidence, and feel like they actually can enjoy sex again, right? Because there was always a time in the past where you did, right? For a lot of us. And for some, you know, I get some people through and they're like, I've never enjoyed it. Help me. But very, very often this thing around, I really have to do it because otherwise my husband will stray or otherwise I'm a bad wife or I'm a bad woman. Otherwise something dire is going to happen. So it's like this band aid. Um, 
And I really, really feel and know that it doesn't have to be like that. You can learn how to enjoy sex again. There's just a few choices you need to make in order to do that. What are the things that you think go towards making the experience feel like a chore? Like, is it the everyday rigmarole for so many women who are raising little kids or absolutely like all of the daily stresses? Yeah, it's stress in general. So, you know, we can't opt into really dynamic and nourishing and enjoyable sexual experiences when our bodies are full of the hormones of stress. So full of cortisol <laughs> cortisol um, and adrenaline is not going to give you good access to your pleasure. So, of course, motherhood is a place where we are constantly stressed. Even if it's low-level stress, it's always there. So, yes, being able to access the parasympathetic nervous system, relax yourself to a place where you can actually arouse and engorge and become turned on is absolutely a priority. And also women aren't really enjoying some of the touch some of the interaction from their partner. Um, There could be a whole bunch of unsaids or um, emotional issues going on in the relationship as well that don't need to be huge, actually. It doesn't mean you need to be fighting every day, but just the the little, um, you know, that accumulative list of things that are like getting on your nerves, that list is also going to get in the way in the bedroom. Yes. And so that list outside of the bedroom in terms of perhaps if there's mounting resentment or frustration, or you feel like you've had to parent your partner. Like Mm. I know so many people talk about falling into that dynamic of almost infantilizing their partner because they have to micromanage them. So all of that stuff that's outside of the bedroom, that's not being said is impacting the stuff in the bedroom as well. That's not being said. Absolutely. And it comes back to trust because if you're feeling like you have to mother your partner or they really don't have your back and they haven't got the strength and the holding actually that you require, then it's really difficult for you to open your body to them. It's really difficult for you to opt into the vulnerability and the softness and the grace and the unfurling that it takes to fully be seen and held in your pleasure and and your sex. So you know, this is a conversation about polarity, some people call it, which is comes kind of into a, a bit of a masculine, feminine, if you will, conversation, which I don't always teach through because it can be a little bit limiting. But yeah, being able to feel held in your partnership, like really like they've got your back is going to help you unfurl sexually. Which just makes so much sense yeah. because if you feel like you can't trust your partner, to get through the daily tasks because maybe they ignore them or they don't do them. You know, and sometimes maybe they're just not doing them to this impossible high standard that you have and it could be something you've got to reassess. But it makes so much sense and I love the way that you explain it that if you don't trust them and you're micromanaging them, how can you turn to them and unfurl and Mm. open, Mm. like open emotionally and also physically allow your body to open and trust them? Absolutely. Yeah. There's a lot of women who are where we get stuck in our heads. We're clever, we're intelligent, we're confident, we're capable, we're powerhouses. And so taking off the armor is something that takes a lot of practice and you need to learn about actually. So today we're focusing on communication in Mm. the bedroom, but it's obvious that communication needs to start outside the bedroom as well, right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I actually always recommend that conversations about sex are not to start in the bedroom. They start 
when you're out to dinner or you're just sitting on the couch having a cup of tea together, you're in a non-sexual context. Um, that's like rule number one of, of sex communication is don't wait until you're in the moment. Don't bring up your issues whilst you are mid-sex. That's right. Got it. <laughs> Our first takeaway. Um, so what are some other things, Tamika, that might stop women in particular from speaking up? Yeah, so we are conditioned to be nice, to not be too high maintenance, to go with the flow, be easygoing. You know, I remember in high school um, being labelled high maintenance was like the worst thing ever or like, oh, she's just hard work and all of these ridiculous statements that we've all heard. And as ridiculous as we know they are, they stick to us in some way over time. And to go with the flow is what we get congratulated for. So be compliant, be, be compliant, easy, be, be nice. the good girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't make waves. All of that, it sticks to us. And it actually is the nice, the nice girl syndrome. And so when it comes to, I think it's important to say there are a couple of different types of communication. As we've already seen, there's stuff outside the bedroom about relationship, you know, issues or goings on that need to be remedied. But then there's the in the moment where you need to say, stop what you're doing, little to the left, little harder, little softer, whatever. That's the one that a lot of us struggle with. And so First thing is the nice girl syndrome. The second thing is that you need to decide what type of sexual interactions you are willing to have. If you're willing to have a four out of 10, then that's what you will create and you won't amend, you will tolerate. But if you go into a sexual interaction with the decision that you want it to be a 10 out of 10, then you have no choice but to amend, stop tolerating and communicate gently, compassionately, clearly, congruently, um, and say what you need. Another pressure that we feel is, you know, I don't know my needs. I don't know what I want actually until it's happening. That's okay as well. You are allowed to make amendments and your needs and desires will change moment to moment sometimes. I think we need to wind back everything that we've seen, you know, the Hollywood sex scenes and the way that we are sold this image of sex and the way it should be is all bullshit. It's, and it's all about, it's often all about the man's it's all perspective. About man and, yep. you know, he go, enters you and, oh, you're in the throes <laughs> of like, oh, my God, it's just not it. It's not it. So we're never, ever modelled communicating in the moment. It really takes um, redefining what amazing sexual experiences are to you. Yeah, and you said there about if you're going to choose to have a sex life where you're tolerating, mm. then that would be synonymous with the chore mm -hmm. kind of mentality, right? Because mm -hmm. if it's something that you're just tolerating, it's something you just get through, that's the kind of chore thing that we started off our conversation with. So I guess that comes back to like, huh, if it feels like a chore, is it something I'm tolerating? Is it that, you know, I'm just not willing to speak up and own what it is that I want from my sex life? Absolutely. Yeah, it is. You're not willing to own it. And there's possibly fear as well about how your partner is going to take it, you know. But what I know from working with hundreds of couples from all around the world is that your partner always wants you to be having a genuinely good time. They want to be engaged in authentic pleasure, right? So many people I work with come to me and go, I confess, I've been faking it. And it's like, cool, you're not alone. 
people fake it because again, we don't want to hurt feelings and we want to get it over and done with. But actually the men I speak to in particular to get authentic pleasure moving through your partner's body is like the ultimate. So if you can remedy an interaction by, you know, communicating clearly, that's really connective for the two of you. That's real intimacy. Yeah. I love that. I think that that's a really important thing to keep in mind is if we're not speaking up, if we are faking it, they're going to think, oh, you like what I'm doing. And of course, we're speaking very heteronormative here, man, totally. woman type things. And it, it goes across the across the whole board there. But if someone doesn't speak up and say, this actually isn't great for me, or you don't even need to use those words, I imagine you can say, I would like to try this, or I would like to yes. do that, or I want more of this and less of that type of thing. If you're not doing that, your partner's very well going to assume that you're having a great time and keep doing the same thing. And if you reward them in quotes with that fake orgasm, that fake climax, they're like, yeah, like it's like another gold star. It's like, yes, yep, hit the spot, cool. And you might be thinking, I just want this to end. I just want to get over it because you're running through the laundry list of tasks that you have to do tomorrow or that you've done that day or whatever it is. But, yeah, I think that there's – so much power and just stopping and going, huh, I think faking it is a kindness in the moment, but it's really not a kindness overall. Absolutely. Yeah. It's long, long-term damage, mostly, you know, to yourself and also inside of your partnership. I often also think about, you know, if we're talking about women's pleasure in particular, I think about women who have younger children or have daughters. And I imagine, and I did this with my own sons, you know, I imagine how I want them to be in their bodies, in their pleasure, in their embodiment, their sexuality as they grow up. And I need to look for ways that I can model actually being congruent, being aligned and authentic in the ways that I show up. And I want that for all mums. I want that for women all over the world learn what you need to learn now so we can pass on positive messaging about how you deserve to enjoy your body, you know? Absolutely. You wouldn't want your daughter or your son to grow up and be in a relationship where they feel like they're tolerating the intimacy. Yeah. I think a piece of that is us taking full responsibility for our pleasure, full responsibility for the part that we play in the interactions that we're having Um, A lot of people want somebody else to turn them on, somebody else to activate them, somebody else to do a thing that makes them feel good. And again, we've been sold that narrative and it's a lie. When you take full responsibility for your pleasure, um, you can create whatever you want and it will improve your relationship. Yeah, it's something that's obviously been on my mind because we've been reaching out to guests like yourself for a focus on desire and intimacy, because I think it's a topic that always needs more air and always needs more consideration. But it's been on my mind. And I even said to my partner, like, I'm talking, you know, I've got a guest on and we're going to be speaking about satisfaction. How rare is it that two people sit down and say, hey, what's your version of a satisfactory sex life? You know, is it quantity? Is it quality? Is it excitement? Is it trying new things? Like, what actually is satisfaction 
to you. Like, and if you're not asking your partner, then you're probably not even asking yourself that either. Yeah, absolutely. It's super rare. We don't prioritize carving out time for these conversations. And I think that that's because of dominant social narratives about sex and pleasure in general. There's a belief that it's indulgent, that it's, um, you know, surplus to requirement. We should just be grateful for what we have and focus on the important things in life and all of that stuff. And actually, sexuality inside of especially long-term domestic relationships is super important because it is so connective and it's the thing that keeps you humming together, you know, and really, really, yeah, locked in, in in terms of your body and your nervous system and all that kind of thing. So we're not prioritising those conversations about um, satisfaction and it's definitely a starting point to put it in the calendar, even if it's, you know, once every month on a date night or whatever, have the convos that you don't usually have. It takes courage, you know, to do it, to be the person to bring it forward. And it's always so worth it. It is one of the things that's so important and I guess sacred in your relationship. If you're in a monogamous relationship, it's the thing that you don't do with anyone else. So it makes sense that you set aside time to have these conversations. For someone who is listening, who is like, yes, I want to improve my satisfaction. Yes, I want to communicate more clearly and efficiently, but they feel that discomfort. They feel nervous. Maybe they don't feel worth bringing these things up. What do you think is like a good entry entry point, like a good inroad for them to begin? Yeah, a good entry point is um, if you're having thoughts like that where there's just so much discomfort and overwhelm about it, I would first get to a bit of journaling and a bit of you actually sitting by yourself and writing down a whole bunch of blockers or, or things that you might be dealing with privately that you haven't shared with anyone else for a while just to get them all kind of out of your head and separate to you for a little bit. And then I would start with that you know, inside of your partnership, just saying there's a whole bunch of discomfort that I'm experiencing around this sexuality thing and I'm setting some intentions for us to be able to have more convos about this. I'm not quite ready yet, but this is what I'm intending. So you're actually just starting to flag that this is something you want to move towards and that in itself is a huge step towards then being able to schedule the chats. Yes, because you might feel that you don't know how to kind of have this monologue about it, but if they turn around and they're responsive and they say, oh, that's interesting, tell me more, Yeah, you know, it's like that kind of welcoming you forward little bit that you might need. Absolutely, yeah, it will help you build the confidence. And when you say journaling, do you mean like sitting down and journaling on things like your beliefs surrounding pleasure and satisfaction, like what is my actual story? Like what's the story I tell myself? Yeah, absolutely. So this is a lot of the stuff that I I do in my work with my clients and in my groups. What are the narratives I've been working with so far? What are some new ways of being that I really want to call forward? What are um, unlimiting pieces of conditioning or beliefs that I gained in childhood or in my teen years that I know simply are not true, but I'm still living my life through these these things. Um, yes, all of that kind of thing. Mindset is actually a huge part of the sexuality game and sensations, somatic tools, they have to work together. 
Um, you can't just override yourself and go straight into the doing without looking at the ways that you're actually thinking about your sex and pleasure. Yeah, that makes so much sense. And it's one of those things, like it's similar to, you know, in my opinion, it's similar to how we all have these subconscious food rules that mm. are built into us or diet rules, or we have these subconscious beliefs about what a healthy relationship looks like. They just exist unless we sit down and actually analyze them and go, oh, hang on. I think that because of a really bad porn that I saw when That's I was a right. teenager. Yes. I think that, you know, like I remember I had a hypnobirthing expert on the mm-hmm. podcast and she was talking about the same thing, but for childbirth. And mm. she said, all of us were exposed to this pop culture where it's like, oh, you know, it's hot and sweaty and it's three big pushes and it's painful, but then it's over and it's a joy. And it's a similar thing with sex and satisfaction, isn't it? Because it's like, unless we're having really raw conversations or listening in on other people having raw conversations via podcasts and whatnot, then we've got such a limited window into what we think is like normal or what is right, what we should expect. Absolutely. Yeah. What's normal, what's acceptable, you know, what will they like? Um, No one wants to be labelled abnormal. No one wants to be strange or different, you know, especially not in regards to your sex or your preferences in that regard. So we stay very safe. But the thing is, is that our dominant culture does not allow for the truth of our of our sexuality. It doesn't allow for it. It pushes it out to the recesses. It pushes it into the shadows and it keeps it in the taboo. So when you're over there trying to be safe or, or remain contained, you're actually underexpressed. You're repressed. It's like all pushed underground. So what we want to do is try and lift it a little bit, lift the lid on bits and pieces so you can start saying, oh my gosh, I'm totally normal. This is heaps of fun. I'm a consenting adult. I can try all sorts of beautiful new ways to connect and it's safe and it's okay. I love that you use the word fun, Tamika, because I am forever saying on the podcast, it's like as women, as we get older, what we consider fun changes into self-care. Like I've asked this question Mm. before to listeners, what's fun for you? And people will say, getting a haircut, uh, having a bath. And it's like, no, 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 that's not like, you might enjoy those things, but that's not fun where you're in the moment and you can't contain your smile and and you're you're laughing. laughing. (laughs) And this is one of the things I'm like, sex is so fun. Yes. It can be so much fun and it can be one of the ways as adult women that we can keep having fun. I mean, there's other ways, you know, you could do your roller skating and all of your, whatever it's fun for you. But often we just discount that. Like, it's like, oh no, that's, that's a separate component of our life. Not realizing that's something that you do have access to and everyone has access to that. But sometimes we've got to navigate those beliefs. Yeah, absolutely. I'm forever talking about fun, play, laughter, buoyancy, you know, being silly, letting go, letting your hair down. That type of energy is something that is very difficult to access for lots of people, but it's a practice. It's like anything else. If you want to build your left bicep, the more you do a bicep curl on that side, of course, the muscle is going to get bigger. And in a lot of ways, it's kind of like neuroplasticity, right? Building new wiring for play and fun and laughter and joy is something we definitely need to put a focus on because if you don't use it, you lose it. It gets lost as we as we get older. 
Do you see a big connection in having fun in real life and enjoying pleasure in real life and enjoying it in sex? Yeah, I do see a connection between those things. Um, I definitely feel, again, it's that ability to let your guard down, take your armour off. Because, yeah, we tighten up. We tighten. Our jaw is locked, our shoulders. Shoulders are up. We're holding our belly in. You know, there's this perfect way that we want to cruise through the world and actually joy and pleasure and laughter and getting a bit ugly and a bit messy and letting things go and perfection, they are not synonymous. They don't work. They're holding in. So, yeah, we need to let go of that armour and it brings in way more of that joy. There's a huge connection there. Um, getting silly and experimenting with your body, experimenting with your breath, um, communication, all of it requires us to let go. And I think the silliness in real life can translate in the bedroom, right, in terms of if something goes awry, if you're willing to laugh it off, it's less 100%. of a big deal. 100%. Like, you know, that. Of course, there are situations that might be uncomfortable or whatever, but if you have a sense of humor in real life, it can be something that you both move through in like two seconds versus something that then becomes an issue. Absolutely. Yeah. One of the main things I speak to um, in a bit of a framework I use for communication is uh, clunkiness. Like it's going to be clunky. Yes. It's going to be weird moments. Expect that. It's going to be awkward. There'll be like, oh, little jarring bits and being able to laugh it off or laugh with the other person is just such a stunning way of moving through the moment. Like so good. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) When it comes to like de-stressing, letting the shoulders come down, what are some practices that you suggest people can engage in so that I guess at the end of the day, you're kind of decompressing a bit? Yeah. So Obviously, something like mindfulness, meditation, breath work, all of those types of things that we all know by now definitely do decrease stress. All of those things, of course, I recommend. But there's a whole host of people that don't necessarily feel comfortable doing those things because they might be in hyper arousal, meaning lots and lots of stress. It can feel really challenging to sit still with your eyes closed. Like that sounds like hell for some people, right? Yes. So, I use more embodied techniques, so something like being able to set a timer for just 10 minutes, lying on your bed with one hand on your heart, one hand on your womb um, if you have one, or one hand on your vulva, and deep breathing, right? So doing a nice big nourishing belly breath where you're pulling your abdomen out on the inhale and decompressing it down on the exhale, setting a timer for 10 minutes and doing that will change your whole inner landscape. Then taking it from 10 minutes a week to set a time of three times a week doing that. Simple stuff where you're connecting with your body is so, so good. Also dance and movement. So is there a really super sexy, fun playlist that you might enjoy just putting on your headphones and allowing yourself to connect with your base, connect with your hips, your pelvis, your perineum, your anus. You don't need to be touching those parts necessarily, but just having an awareness and placing your awareness down in that part of your body and allowing yourself to move. Really, really great for um, the, the nervous system. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowlin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowlin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlinBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Amazing. And I guess it's just engaging all of your senses, isn't it? That's what you're, yeah, that's right. Yeah. And that stuff, it does take practice, you know, because the throes of daily life aren't necessarily set up for us to connect with our body um, as much as we really, really do need to. Um, But if you carve out the time to learn how to do it, the rewards and the change can happen really quite quickly. It's, I think, too often a case of like, we know what we should be doing, but it's just, oh, we don't want to do it. You know, it's like with healthy eating or whatever, it's like, you know what to do, but you'd rather reach for the supplement that's going to give you the quick fix. And it's like, no, no, bring it back to basics of just connecting with yourself first. Totally. And that's why accountability is so important. And, you know, having communities of people that are doing the same thing and being able to have other touch points outside of you where you can go, oh, okay, we're all going to do this together. Or, all right, is there a friend I can talk to or a mentor I can talk to, to yeah, help me be accountable to my desires? Absolutely. And I know that you have one of those communities. Shall we quickly touch on the community that you have available? Because I think a lot of women listening will be like, oh gosh, I am either really uncomfortable and I need to get comfortable with this or they're like lit up and like, yes, Yes! I need need to know more from you. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So I run um, the Orgasmic Mama community and inside of that is the Oh Mama Circle. So it's a monthly membership full of women who are wanting to prioritize this conversation and actually use the tools to help reinvigorate themselves, reconnect with pleasure, sensuality, embodiment, and actually build the confidence to be back home inside of their bodies. And from that place, being able to engage in way better sex with themselves and inside of their partnerships. So yeah, the Oh Mama Circle is, um, oh, it's my baby. I love it so much. And it's just, I love that it's full of mums as well. So there are mums in there and women who are not yet mothers. So it's a beautifully nourishing and nurturing space. It's full of real women. You know, the comparisons are low, you know, no one's, there's no competition going on. It's, it's very much show up exactly as you are and as you are is perfect, you know? So yeah, that's the Oh Mama Circle. How beautiful. And I can see like on your face, like obviously our listeners can't see you, but how much it lights you up. And as you were speaking, I'm like, yeah, like attracts like, like you're willing to be open and vulnerable and show up as you are. So you're going to call in women who are similar. So I'll make sure we have all of those details in our show notes. Awesome. Just on the topic of communication before you and I switch gears and chat about another topic, but on the topic of comms, how can someone tactfully let their partner know that they don't enjoy what's happening, perhaps in the moment? Yeah. So a sentence is to use whatever kind of word or sweetheart kind of language you use with that person. So mine is babe, like I say babe, so whatever's natural to you. Babe, I need you to stop for a sec. Or my love, can you just pause for a minute? Or Perfect. That's it. Yeah, simple. Simple. 
Yeah, it's the way, it's the tone. It's the tone though because what happens is we tolerate, 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 tolerate and it's building up and you're frustrated and you're like, fucking stop, oh, stop, oh, this is annoying. And then you go, stop. Yeah. It's like, okay, you might have been able to say that 30 seconds ago a whole lot more softly. Yeah, with so, more compassion. Yeah. yeah and then and then I imagine, you know, when that happens, I mean, it's happened to all of us when you might have to say like, hang on, slow down, like we need to shift gears here, that's not working for me. If you do it with that warm tone, you just then continue on in another way. But if, right. yeah, all of this repressed stuff is coming out, then it could potentially end up yeah. in an it, argument, in a really disagreement is, yeah. where you're pulling out all of those things, all of those resentments from everyday life. Yeah, it severs the moment. So I think of it like a bit of a string, right? If, if the sexual interaction is you running your fingers along a lovely smooth piece of ribbon, okay, and at some points you might need to, um, and, you know, adjust your grip on the ribbon. But if you grab the scissors and go stop and, like, chop it, it's done, you know, you've severed the energy. So you just want to keep finessing, caressing and undulating with that beautiful smooth piece of ribbon and you can do that with your tone, with your voice, with eye contact, um, really gently. And it's not about placating or pleasing or protecting somebody else over your needs and desires. It's just about staying in connection because that's what we all want. We want to remain in connection. And if you work from the dominant belief that actually when you communicate to get what you want, that increases connection. If you work from that belief, you'll be able to communicate anything. If you work from the belief that you're going to serve a connection and so you stay quiet, you're actually not in connection at all anyway because you're in your head, you're not there, you're not enjoying yourself. It's disconnective stuff. Yeah, that makes so much sense. What direction are you going in with the way that you communicate? Yeah. And what about for those listening who struggle to articulate the things that they enjoy? Do you think it's like something that they can, obviously it's a skill that you can learn to be Mm -hmm. more verbal in the bedroom or perhaps send that sexy text or that flirty text after. What is like a good entry point for that? If you don't know what you enjoy? No, just I guess like I think for some people they would struggle to say to their partner, that was amazing. I loved it when you did X, Y, Z, so that then they get more of X, Y, Z, just communicating what it is that was good for them. Yes, yes, yes. Because I think that's like a really simple way, I imagine, to actually get what it is that you want. Like there might be 10 things that happened that you really didn't like, but two things that happened that were great. But if you don't speak up and highlight those two things. Yeah, they'll get your lost. Partner, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I think you're right doing things like if you don't feel comfortable saying it in the moment, send a text later on or send a little voice memo later on or record it to yourself to practice hearing yourself say all the things that you enjoyed. Write it down on a note, a piece of paper. Think of all of the different ways that we communicate and do a few of those that feel the most comfortable first and then you might progress to being able to actually say it in the moment. And also you can say it with your body. You can say it with your kisses and cuddles afterwards. You can say it in the afterglow for the days, you know, after the event with the way that you are in your heart space, the way that you are in your softness, your openness, your receptivity, that is the biggest message of enjoyment, actually. 
Amazing. I think that will be incredibly helpful. Now we've mentioned your own Mama Circle community. It's in our show notes. Yes. Where else can our listeners find you? Yes. If you come to Instagram, I'm at the orgasmic mama or at the orgasmicmama.com and all of my things are there on those two platforms. And that's Mama M-A, M-A, isn't it? Just because I know right. someone will say, how do we spell it? It's all in the show notes though, team. You will be able to find Tamika easily. Tamika and I are now going to actually record part two where we're going to speak about self-pleasure. Ooh, yeah. So you'll have to stay tuned for part two. I really hope that you enjoyed my conversation today with Tamika Wilder. As always, it would mean so much to me if you share this episode over on your social media or go ahead and leave a review or a rating or slide into my DMs and let me know what you took away from this episode in particular. Remember, when I hear back from listeners about episodes, that helps me to know what it is that you're enjoying. And I loved loved, loved, loved my time speaking with Tamika. And we actually continued our conversation and recorded a second episode on the topic of self-pleasure. So my second episode with Tamika Wilder is over in our Venti membership zone. You can sign up for our Venti membership All of the details are in the show notes, and it's an episode that I think is going to be incredibly helpful for so many people because we talk about the shame or awkwardness that some people feel when they hear those words, self-pleasure or masturbation. We talk about what your belief system is, and Tamika shares with me her view on sex toys and what can happen if we begin to rely on those. So that episode will be live over in our Venti membership zone. And again, all of those details are in our show notes. Now, as I mentioned, Tamika Wilder is the founder of The Orgasmic Mama, and you can head to theorgasmicmama.com to find out more information. Tamika has a signature six-module course plus six months included in her own Mama Circle membership group. And she has very kindly extended a massive discount for $200 off this special offering using the code THEFRAY. So the code again is THEFRAY, F-R-A-E, for $200 off her signature six-module course. So again, those details are in the show notes too. But if you're not already a Venti member, make sure you jump over and check it out because we are doing a big deep dive into the topic of desire. And I think it's going to be transformational for so many listeners.
Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com.